The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday, but we're switching things up a little bit this week for various reasons, mainly my travel. Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. He teaches the NFL matchup class. He is here with us today, which is always an occasion to get excited. We are presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Hit up the DraftKings Sportsbook. Hit up DraftKings for Daily Fantasy as well. They are awesome. Trust me. Greg Cosell is awesome. There's a ton of news to get to today. And we're only two days away from me naming the Spread the Word winner for this week. I'm looking for a few quote tweeters. At Ross Tucker Pod, at Ross Tucker NFL. The sponsor confirmation email winner, which actually this week is you checking out the email we sent you. If you didn't open it yet, check your junk mail, check your spam. If you're not signed up yet, sign up because we're going to resend it tomorrow to people that didn't open it yet. You will love this story. It's a uh, it's a stunner. Let's put it that way. Um, you just got to you got to read it. To I, I, I'm not going to give away any more heads. You got to read it for yourself. You'll love it. I already got a bunch of emails back from you guys that uh, think it's one of the coolest stories you've read. So very, very cool. I appreciate that. And then we'll do the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just subscribe, hit the thumbs up, make a comment. And I see every comment. So I definitely see names I don't recognize before, which is awesome. Remember, when you do what I ask you to do to win the Madden this week from the email, Make sure you tell me whether you want an Xbox version or a PS4 version. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Never a bad day to talk to my guy, Greg Cosell. Already told you guys two minutes and 15 seconds ago that he was going to be on. So it's kind of weird to talk about it again. Greg, appreciate the flexibility as always, as I've got three games in four days and flights the next two mornings. So, Worked out best to have you on this morning. Um, Let's start with the game I'll be calling tomorrow night. It's the Ravens at the Dolphins. And and I guess I want to go a little bit of a broader question here, Greg. You know, I guess my whole two things with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens has always been, I don't know if they 
have a big deficit if they throw it well enough to come from behind. And also, in the playoffs, when they're going to face three good teams, can he and they convert enough third and sevens, third and eights throughout the course of the ball game if the run game's not going as well as it normally does to win? Well, Greg, I don't know how many games he's come from behind now, but uh, the Chiefs game, the Colts game, the Vikings game, at a minimum, we can't say that anymore. You, you, you can't say that. Right. This passing game has taken the next step. And I know there's some people that feel like that they're almost featuring that more. What, do you, what are you seeing from this offense and Greg Roman this year that's different from previous years? Well, Ross, I think they wanted to take this step a year ago, but COVID prevented them from having a full off season. So this year, I think what they've done, and the tape shows this, is there's a lot of concepts now, pass game concepts, that really present reads and throws for Lamar. And by the way, this is what all coaches do with really good quarterbacks as well. So I don't want people to think I'm saying, oh, well, you know, Lamar has nothing to do with this. You know, there's there's always good pass game concepts with every quarterback. That's what makes the pass game work. They don't just roll the ball out and say, throw it to who's open. But I think they've expanded the concepts quite a bit. Uh, they've worked really, really effectively against zone coverage. They get a lot of zone coverage on third down because obviously teams do not want to turn their back in coverage and allow Lamar Jackson to just run when he sees green grass. So they've really done a nice job with their concepts presenting defined reads and throws, and Lamar Jackson's making throws. Uh, so their pass game has really taken a significant step up this year. And, and I think that Lamar has thrown the ball very well. You know, Greg, I never thought of this until you just said that. But, you know, when you have a threat like Lamar, it really should clean up how many different coverages you see. Yeah. Well, like, nobody's going to spy him because there's not a spy out there fast enough to get him. So you, you really got to play zone so that your second-level defenders – have eyes on him and can lever him, right? If he starts to run, you know, the one linebacker comes outside right. in, his other buddy can cut. You, you got you got to have multiple eyes on him. Look, I'm doing the the Toledo Bowling Green game tonight, and Toledo's quarterback can really run, Daquan Finn. So you you only have one guy there, you're in big trouble if that guy doesn't make the tackle. Really Look, big trouble. As you know, Ross, from having played in the league, just about everything that coaches do is based on probability and tendency. That's the way the game is coached. Uh, so when it comes to defense, your point is exactly right. If you're playing Lamar Jackson and you get into second and nine, third and nine, those kinds of situations, sure, well, a team play man, of course. See, they play man on occasion. Everybody does. But more than likely, when you're game planning and you're Greg Roman, you're James Urban, you know, the offensive coaches are game planning, they know what they're going to get from defenses. And it's going to be higher percentage zone. And therefore, they can scheme their route concepts to attack the particular zone coverages that they know they're going to get from a specific opponent based on film study. And that makes it, I don't want to say easier, it's the NFL, but it, it makes it it allows Lamar Jackson to be more decisive as a pocket player. You know, I have to imagine, Greg, just as we're talking through this, they probably get a lot of single high safety on regular down and distance. Probably clears that up a lot too, right? Sure. sure. I mean, obviously, anytime 
you know whether it's split safety or single high, you know what coverages emanate from those particular looks. And by the way, that's the way, if you, if you start with the Cliff Notes version of what you teach a quarterback, Ross, I mean, I'm talking about the, the real Cliff Notes version, but this is how it starts. It's middle of the field open, which means it's split safety, middle of the field closed, which means it's a single high safety, and what are my blitz alerts? That's that's where it all starts. Now, obviously, it goes deeper than that. This is the NFL, but that's the starting point. Let's uh, let's move on to another game I find really interesting on so many levels on Sunday. It's the Saints and the Titans. The Titans yeah. are on a roll. They found a way to win in L.A. without Derrick Henry. I'm curious what you saw there, and then the Saints – uh, got behind, came from behind, but then they couldn't pull it out against the Falcons. And I know there are people that think that based on how Simeon performed that we might start to see more Taysom Hill. What what interests you in this Saints-Titans matchup? What will you be looking at? Well, two points. I think Simeon performed extremely well, by the way. I think the tape shows that Simeon played well. You have You have to understand what he is. He's an executor and a ball distributor. That's what Trevor Simeon is. I don't know what people think he's going to be, but don't forget they were down 24 to 6 and he brought them back and he threw the ball extremely well in the fourth quarter of that game. So I can't speak for Sean Payton or what he's going to do. He's very creative, but I, I want to put out there that Trevor Simeon did not play poorly in this game. Uh, the other point that needs to be made is what the Titans have done defensively. They have shown the ability to rush the quarterback with four with multiple stunt concepts, multiple front looks, multiple pressures from four men. They do not blitz very much at all. And on the back end, they play a very good mix of man and zone. When they play a man, it's predominantly out of dime. Um, but they but they also play a lot of zone. So they're doing what every team would love to be able to do, pressure with their four down linemen and play seven in coverage. And they have been... Over the last month in beating the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams, they have been absolutely dominant with their front four uh, in terms of pass rush. Greg, I've said this for years. I'm even more convinced of it now. After quarterback play, defensive line play is the second most important thing for a team in the NFL. I mean, watching Danico Autry. He's been phenomenal the last month. Yeah, and Jeffrey Simmons the other night tearing up the Rams offensive line, if you can get there consistently with four, it changes everything. everything. I mean, that's why Stafford was having those crazy interceptions. He doesn't do that when he's got a clean pocket. I, you know, I'm not well, going to say he was rattled, but he was affected for sure. As you know, Ross, basically pass coverage besides – let's not talk about specific coverage, but it, the starting point is it's a numbers game. You would much prefer to cover with seven than fewer than seven, because obviously anybody you take out of pass coverage to add to the pressure, you have fewer numbers in coverage, and then that starts to limit your options of what you can do in coverage. So if you have seven in coverage, every option is on the table from a coverage perspective. And if you can rush with four, and that allows you to do that, then your defense, your pass defense is going to be better. Let's talk Jordan Love. Um, yeah. I've been dying all week to hear what you thought of Jordan Love. 
You know, the consensus out there, Greg, is that he was not very good. He was not ready. He looked really bad. What did the tape show you? I don't think the tape showed that, Ross. First of all, people automatically said, oh, he played a bad defense. Well, the Chiefs defense has not been very good this year in terms of their production. So they've given up yards and points. But they're a difficult defense to play against tactically because they blitz a lot. They play a lot of man coverage. There's a lot of disguise and late movement. So even though they have not had great production and great results, just from a tactical perspective, they are a very difficult defense for a quarterback making his first NFL star to play against. And by the way, through the first half and much into the second half, there was a ton of inside pressure on on Love, and it really made him uncomfortable. Now, Inside pressure will do that to any quarterback. The O-line and the pass protection in this game was not very good, whether the Chiefs were rushing four or whether they blitzed. The Chiefs had five snaps of zero blitz. And by the way, Love knew exactly where to go with the ball on four of them. One of them, he was sacked. But they had pass protection issues on all of them. So I thought Love, there were times he played fast. There were times that, that he was a little unsettled. But I thought he actually settled into the game, and I thought in the second half he played significantly better. He calmed down. He knew where to go with the ball. Now, the one issue as he goes forward, and he may not play another snap this year, is is ball placement. His ball placement will have to become much more consistently precise if he's to become a quality NFL starter. But he did not play poorly. So a, a couple questions for you. Watching the game, it didn't seem like the Packers had a great plan for the zero blitz. You know, it, it almost seemed like they weren't expecting it. I don't know how much of that was LaFleur, how much of that was the O-line, how much of that was Jordan Love, but it just felt like guys were coming free a lot and he didn't always feel like he had an answer. Well, what he did is he threw the one-on-ones to Devontae Adams and no one would say that's a bad idea. He missed them uh, with, with throws that were not necessarily accurate. He threw a one-on-one to, to uh, Cobb um, I, late in the, in the fourth quarter. But, um, yeah, again, you know how it is with zero blitz. The idea is if you're going to let someone come clean, it needs to be from the outside. That was not the case at all. People were getting clean from the C gap, the B gap, the A gap in rushing versus zero. And that made it really, really difficult for Jordan Love. He was under immediate duress and they did not help him with their route concepts. There were a couple of plays where nobody broke anything off. They just ran their routes. But he threw to the right receiver. He knew where to go. He threw to the one-on-one for Devontae Adams. But there was way too much pressure on him in this game from the inside, even when it was not blitz. Let's talk uh, a couple other games that I'm intrigued by. Browns and the Patriots, both coming off pretty big wins. The Browns in Cincy, the Patriots over the Panthers after they had beaten uh, the Chargers the week before. What are you going to be looking for in Browns-Patriots? Yeah, well, I guess now with the Nick Chubb situation, and we just don't know what that means, and and we're speaking on a Wednesday here, Ross, so we just don't know. Um, But – I think I think the I'd like to speak about the Browns defense. I think that's been very very overlooked. They're they they've been a very good defense. They're really good up front. They've got a ton of depth on their defensive line. They move people around. Clowney moves around. You'll see Garrett even move inside at times in their sub fronts. Um, 
you know, I think that this defense has played extremely well and it's been overlooked. It won't be overlooked by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So the question is, how do the Patriots attack? I know there's issues midweek here as we speak with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, whether they will be able to go this week. Um, that leaves Brandon Bolden. I think the Patriots want to run the ball. Their run game's pretty multiple. I think they'd like to play in games where Mac Jones does not have to drop back 35 times. Uh, so I think this is a really intriguing matchup on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, they both really want to run it if they yep. can. That's that's that, These teams actually remind me of each other. A and, they're ske- and, and it's their schemed run games. You know, it's not, look, even, even when Nick Chubb's healthy, rarely do you see him with 24, 25 carries. You know, they, they're not a team built like, let's say, the Titans when they had Derrick Henry where, where it's, hey, let's give it to Derrick Henry 28 times. Both of these teams are schemed run games that do not necessarily depend on one back to be the feature guy. What about, uh, Greg, Eagles and Broncos? Broncos got a huge win against the Cowboys. That was a little bit of a stunner. And the Eagles, I don't know, just watching the TV copy, felt like that second half might have been one of Jalen Hurts' best halves of football. Yeah, I thought that the Eagles' offense – for the first time this year, really had a, a timing and a rhythm to it. They played under center. There was a play-action pass game because a play-action pass game under center does so much more for you in terms of impacting the defense, both the first-level defenders, by the way. No one thinks about that, but the first-level defenders are impacted quite a bit with the when the quarterback is under center in play-action, particularly if there's an outside zone look because they move laterally and not vertically, so they're not rushing the quarterback. Most people just think of second-level defenders being impacted by the play-action pass game. So I thought the Eagles' offense had a, a much better sense of rhythm and timing to it. Um, it also defines throws for Jalen Hurts, and that's what it saw. Now he's playing against the Broncos' defense led by Vic Fangio that is very difficult to play against because they show a lot of secondary looks, a lot of two-shell looks that don't become two-shell looks uh, once the ball is snapped. So you start getting into longer yardage situations, and Jalen Hurts will see some things that he may have to decipher when he's back in the pocket, which could well lead to him running more, and therefore you know, Vic Fangio will have to have a plan for that. That's interesting. Um, anything else on the Broncos side, Greg? You know, it's funny. I, I, we know Teddy Bridgewater does not have a big power arm, but they throw the ball down the field an awful lot. They take vertical shots. And I think you're going to see that against the Eagles. Um, now the Eagles don't give up a lot of big plays and they, they, that's sort of the foundation of how they structured their defense, but they've morphed over these last two or three weeks into playing much more single high as opposed to two shell, which they basically started the year playing a ton of two shell split safety coverage. They played a lot more single high. If that continues, I think you're going to see the Broncos take vertical shots, which like I said, they've done in the top five in the NFL, which might surprise a lot of people. Huh, that does surprise me. Lastly, we kind of talked about the Rams already, but Rams-Niners, huge yeah. game, especially for the Niners. Any thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, I would expect the Rams to bounce back. They did not have a good offensive performance. I think they'll bounce back against a division opponent. They're still very, very difficult to defend. Uh, I don't think the Niners can put the kind of pressure on Stafford that the Titans did with their down four. So I think Stafford will be much more comfortable in this game. And we know from a route standpoint that they're very, very good attacking both man and zone. They're really good formationally. Condensed formations make it difficult, particularly if you want to play man. They're very good out of empty. Now, they struggled this past week, but they struggled in every aspect of their passing game this past week. I would view that game, I don't want to say it's an aberration because it's on tape and teams can see what the Titans did. I just don't know how many teams can execute like the Titans did with just a front four rush that can dominate. Check him out on social media like I do, at Greg Cosell. That way you know everything that Greg is up to always. Appreciate you coming on a day early, Greg. This is fantastic. I got a ton of notes, as always. Everybody needs to follow at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and Instagram to see some of the highlights and and see what Greg looks like with his his Super Bowl hoodie. Looks awesome. Thank you, Greg. (laughs) Thanks, Ross. Thank you also to Raycon Earbuds. Huge fan. These have been a game changer for me. Look, if you're watching on YouTube right now, I am showing you my blue Raycon earbuds case. I worked out in the uh, the hotel uh, workout facility with a mask on because that's policy. And uh, these things are life changers. I got Ross's faves. I got Ross's workout. And at any rate, it's very, very, very helpful. Here's what I would tell you. They offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Whether it's a plane, whether it's working out. I don't go anywhere without these things now. Again, showing them on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Because it's just – and by the way, they don't stick out of your ear. Uh, There's other ones out there that stick out of your ear. Why do you want ones that stick out of your ear? That's not cool. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry because this offer is available for a limited time only. And you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tucks takes. Lots to get to today on a busy Tuesday in the NFL. Let's start with the obvious one. Odell Beckham Jr. officially going unclaimed on waivers. Right. I kind of have mixed emotions on that one, Bri. On the one hand, I, I was curious to see, you know, if a team like the Lions had claimed him, I was curious to see what he would end up doing, you know. I, but I also didn't feel like dealing with more Odell Beckham Jr. drama. So on the one hand, it would have been funny if a bad team claimed him and and whether or not he was like, yeah, let's go, give me the ball a lot. Or I was like, no, I'm not going there. They stink. Um, but I don't know. I didn't really feel like dealing with that either. So now he gets to pick. I don't know. I think some, a couple teams that make sense to me would be like the Packers, always looking for somebody opposite Devontae Adams, and the Chiefs. They've been pretty clear that they're not thrilled with the guys that are trying to replace Sammy Watkins. Ducks takes. We also saw the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and Alan Lazard all get fined for the COVID violations last week. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Lazard were both fined like $14,000. The Packers, $300,000. I don't know. 
You know, I I will admit I don't know the NFL's mask, you know, unvaccinated rules well enough to know this. I've read that people in the NFL think it's a slap on the wrist. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would just say whatever. I don't really care that much. Uh, other than if it's only $14,000 and I have to follow the rules, then maybe the other teams will just not follow the rules for the rest of the year and just pay the $14,000. I guess I don't know how that, – that, that seems like that would be worth it to some of these guys to not have to wear a mask all the time, only have to pay $14,000. Tux takes. Some other notes, and we'll go team by team here. Uh, we'll start with the Cleveland Browns, right guard Wyatt Teller. Huge contract extension worth $29 million guaranteed. Total package would be four years, $56.8 million. So this is really cool, uh, multiple levels. Number one, you know, he's a former fifth-round pick that the Buffalo Bills essentially gave up on and traded him to Cleveland for peanuts. So I am absolutely thrilled for him. $29 million guaranteed. Yeah, you know, he's like a 26-year-old lineman or whatever, 25 like I was. One. I can't imagine how awesome of a feeling that was to sign that piece of paper and know that your financial security for generations is, is attached. I mean, that is just – that's got to be an incredible feeling that I never had the opportunity to – to experience, but very, very cool. Thrilled for him. And for the Browns, it's great to lock him up. He's a stud player. And that was a trade by John Dorsey that has gone extremely well. And I think the offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, deserves a ton of credit for getting that out of him. Keeping it with the Browns, uh, running backs Nick Chubb and Demetri Felton tested positive for COVID. Both of them have been vaccinated. Right. Uh, you know, Greg talk, touched on this about Chubb, you know, maybe being out this week. But because they're vaccinated, as soon as they get negative tests, two negative tests within 24 hours or 24 hours apart, they can play. So I've heard, though, that once you test positive, you're, you're probably going to test positive for a while. Like, you're probably going to test positive for a few days at least. So I don't know if they'll be able to to – go ahead and play on Sunday, but they at least have a chance and they should easily be good for next week. No problem there. I think even John Kelly, their other running back tested positive too. So they're down to Dearness Johnson and they don't even have anybody else on practice squad. Like they're going to have to sign a running back today that is, can maybe play for them on Sunday. Pretty wild. Speaking of wild, by the way, Brian, you know what else is wild? Small business owners like you and I who overcome the odds, rewrite the playbook, deliver under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers and quarterback Sam Darnold. Fractured his scapula. He is out several weeks. Right, and I guess they said that they thought it happened in the second quarter against the Patriots. I was wondering whether or not it actually had happened when Foye Aluakun, the Falcons linebacker, totally lit Darnold up You know, at the end of that game two weeks ago, near the end of that game two weeks ago, and Darnold had to leave with the concussion and everything. 
I mean, he blasted Darnold's shoulder, but they're saying it happened against the Patriots. Um, I know there are some people that are skeptical of this and feel like if he was playing well, that this injury would not be a reason for him to not play. But I don't think that's the case. I'm sure they found something on there. But he was able to finish the last game. So whatever it is, he was able to play through it. But it does feel like a, a good opportunity, we'll call it, for the Panthers to have Darnold sit for a little bit and see what P.J. Walker can do. On to the Tennessee Titans, who grant wide receiver Josh Reynolds his release. And I saw the Lions did the same thing, Bri, with Darren Fells. It's interesting. It feels like that's a popular thing this year. Players asking for their release and being granted it, getting their release, because they're not getting enough playing time and teams are like, okay, go ahead. It, I, I don't remember a year where this many guys asked for their release and got it. A few moves with the New York Jets. Uh, they put Marcus May and Tyler Croft on IR, and then they sign Elijah Riley. Well, Marcus May, torn Achilles, that will test the uh, the Joe Banner theory. Uh, guy I really respect regarding injuries not affecting contracts because I don't know that Marcus May will get the contract that he would have gotten otherwise. Tyler Croft had played very well for the Jets as well and had been one of Mike White's favorite target. So that's a tough injury. Elijah Riley was on the Eagles practice squad. Elijah Riley, I called his games for a couple years at Army. Tremendous player. Called his preseason games the last two years. I'm thrilled for him. He's from New York. He's from Long Island. Probably grew up a Jets fan. Now he's on the active roster. He'll probably play special teams, have a chance to play on defense. Very, very happy for that young man. Well, back to the Panthers. They signed Matt Barkley off the Titans practice squad. Kind of would have made sense to have that one next to the Darnold one, huh? That's that's on me, Bri. That that's on me. Not on you. Just so everybody knows, I'm the one that kind of formats the show, writes the script, whatever you want to call it. That that one is on me. Um, as for uh, Matt Barkley, yeah, the, the Panthers needed to get a new quarterback. And Bri, hold on one second. So just to peel back the curtain a little bit, I am in a hotel room and I ordered breakfast for between 7.45 and 8 because I knew we would finish the show at 7.45. It's 7.45 and they are here right now. I'm going to sign this. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Brian, this is a first. Yeah, I don't think I'm editing this out, am I? No, I mean, it's up to you. I don't care. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so it's funny because they said that they can uh, bring it in 15-minute increments, but I've got a lot of other stuff to do today. So 7.45 to 8 was my window, and they got here, boom, right at 7.44. So I guess lesson learned there. Um, right. I mean, the Panthers need another quarterback, so they got Barkley. That's the end of that. All right. Next up, it's to the Broncos who put Graham Glasgow on IR. By the way, Bri, I got a ham and cheese omelet with uh, a side arugula salad. Very much looking forward to it. And a uh, yogurt parfait, which I'm going to eat in about a minute and a half. What would you even say? I'm not even, I'm not even paying attention anymore. What would you say? Broncos. 
Graham Glasgow. Yeah, not good. He's a good player. Guard on IR. Next. Right. And finally, the Bucks signed Bashad Perriman. Yeah, I mean, my food's getting cold here, Brian. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's interesting, the Bucks signed Brashad Perriman. Evidently, they won't be in the Odell Beckham Jr. mix, number one. And number two, probably not a great sign for Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and some of the other guys. Although, I think Scotty Miller might be hurt. I got to check on that. What I don't need to check on is that we need shout-outs for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, and your car. Wait, what do you mean, Ross? What do you mean your car, Ross? What I mean is, with the free fixed finder service at AutoZone, you can troubleshoot more dashboard lights, including your check engine light, ABS light, and service interval light. The free fixed finder will give you possible solutions for your lights, all backed by verified technicians. And if you need a bit of help from a repair shop, AutoZone will even refer you to a nearby shop that you can trust. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. And you can only find it at AutoZone. So next time your dashboard would like to pay you a visit, just get in the zone, AutoZone. See you, Bri. Time for me to get in the omelet zone. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 